Welcome to the Office 365 Developer Podcast, the only show focused on Office 365 development, where Andrew and I talk to experts from all over the globe coding on the Office 365 platform. For more information on Office 365 development, visit dev.office.com and follow us on the hashtag Office365Dev. Hello, and welcome to episode 110 of the Office 365 Developer Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Azariga. And I'm running solo this week. Andrew Coates is traveling for work. I think he's in Sri Lanka. Now, that just sounds amazing for me being here in the U.S. Usually I travel around the state, so it's cool to see people spreading the great Office 365 developer world uh, all over the world. So uh, I'm going to kind of give some updates on the week. And then we actually have a really fantastic guest this week, one of my favorite people in all of Microsoft, Yina Arenas, who is the... I guess the godmother of the Microsoft graph, she runs that team and she's going to talk with Andrew about kind of some of the updates that the graph went through for Ignite. So some great uh, discussions there that uh, Andrew recorded a few weeks back and, and will air today on the show. Um, in terms of the weekly news, there were, it was it's kind of quiet. There was a, a, a few really good posts around SharePoint framework and some of the things around that. Uh, but in terms of some of the general broad news, uh, there was an update uh, put out by the Outlook APIs team. Uh, there was some updates to filtering and sorting for mail, calendar, and contacts REST APIs in both the Outlook endpoints and the Microsoft Graph. And this actually has some breaking changes that you should be aware of. So if you have any applications that are using mail, calendar, or contacts, and you're using things like order by and filter type of uh, switches within those queries, it's probably something that you want to take a look at. So we'll include the, the link to that. Uh, then there were a couple of really good PNP podcast or webcasts. So, uh, you know, Vesa and crew have been doing a, a great job of keeping the momentum going with patterns and practices. And so they did two webcasts over the last week. One was the PNP core team talking about the future of SharePoint development. Um, and, and, you know, these guys are probably the most seasoned developers around SharePoint in the world. Uh, you know, developed all the different samples and patterns around what we think um, organizations should be doing uh, around SharePoint development in a safe way. And so uh, it's really good to kind of get their take on that. So definitely give that a watch. And then they also, the PNP team also did a webcast on introduction to Office 365 connectors. I'm a really big fan of Office 365 connectors. I did um, all the, uh, the dev lab contents for connectors at Build last year. Excited to see how the exact same connectors work in Outlook groups as they do in Microsoft Teams without really, there's zero code differences. They just render the same way. So definitely check that out. Uh, they have lots of good information there around those. Um, around the community, uh, a couple of really good posts. Uh, one of our regulars, Waldak Mastercars, he had two good posts. One was on migrating SharePoint JavaScript customizations to the SharePoint framework. So if you're doing any of that kind of you know inline JavaScript uh, type of things, uh, he talks about how you might migrate that into the SharePoint framework and um, specifically around, you know, things like jQuery and Ajax calls and being able to show data within um, the a SharePoint framework client-side web part. Um, he also did a post on 
querying the office graph with the SharePoint framework and client-side web parts. Uh, I'm still not a big fan of the fact that we have this thing called the office graph and then there's the Microsoft graph. And if you're confused by that too, uh, think of it this way. The office graph is like a subset of the Microsoft graph. The Microsoft graph is this all-reaching API at Microsoft that touches all of our different uh, you know, services, whereas the Office graph is kind of a smaller niche play. I almost wish they'd call it the Delve graph because I think then people would say, oh, yeah, it's that stuff that, that powers Delve. Um, however, so, so Waldeck did a really good post on leveraging that within the uh, a SharePoint framework client-side web part. And really of all the people out there that are, um, I would say, you know, experts in both these areas, I would have to say it's Waldeck. I mean, the guy's doing amazing things around the client side, uh, the new SharePoint framework and client side web parts. But also if you go back into history and look at the things Waldeck was doing years and years ago, um, you have to understand that the the office graph is powered by search. It is a search driven thing behind the scenes. And uh, Waldeck really early in Things like SharePoint 2013 was doing a lot. He was kind of the primary person posting information on what we were doing with search and uh, doing cross-site publishing through search. Uh, and so I think bringing those together was really a natural thing for Waldeck that you know provides some really cool things. And to be quite honest, the Office Graph, in a lot of ways, it's some of the secret sauce that we have in Office 365. It's all that you know intelligent machine learning that we're doing around the people and the content that you collaborate with. And so uh, there's some really uh, creative things that you can build with that. And so definitely check that out. And then another one of my favorite MVPs out there, Chris O'Brien, he did a really interesting post that says, hey, we're starting to write production code on the client, on the SharePoint framework. Should you? Um, and he talks about like the considerations of if you're going through a development effort today, the SharePoint framework, although it's still in preview, it's pretty close to being uh, released in general availability. I don't know the exact date. I don't think Chris knows the exact date, but we know that it's somewhat imminent. And therefore, if you're looking at, if you're in the process of uh, you know about to start a new product development project, you definitely should consider this, especially if you're in Office 365. If you're on-premises and uh, SharePoint 2016 is... Is something that you're it's on the cusp for you you should certainly consider it there as well but I think Chris goes through some really good um, logic around the thought process of doing SharePoint development right now as we sit on the SharePoint framework being so close to being released so check out all of those weekly updates we'll have um, those listed in the, the show notes uh, for today's guest like I mentioned we have Yina Arenas she is Again, the, she runs the Microsoft Graph team within uh, Office Extensibility at Microsoft. So all of the great innovation that's going on in the Microsoft Graph uh, ultimately reports up through her. She's also become, I think, just a, an amazing face for Microsoft and the new Microsoft and, and having a more diverse set of developers at Microsoft. And, and so if you saw things like Build... You know, Yina was like the star of day two of Build. She was uh, on stage with um, Chilu and uh, just a, a big presence in that, that conference keynote. And hopefully we'll see the same 
this year um, as as build is uh, coming soon. And in fact, I don't know if you didn't. I guess this is another announcement, a little bit of a, a tangent, but we did announce that build this year. Two big changes. One is it's it's pushed out to May. It's going to be in the beginning of May, I think May 10th through 12th, but it's going to be in Seattle, which is kind of interesting. We've always had build in California and more specifically in San Francisco the last few years, but this year it's it's coming back to the mothership. It's going to be in downtown Seattle. That's exciting for me. I think you'll see more opportunity for more engineers to be involved, more of the people that are actually building our software and services. So I think that's a big opportunity. And so definitely consider putting that on your calendar. It's something that always sells out almost immediately. So uh, check out the information on that. And when I don't know when we're opening up registration, but if you have any interest of going, you pretty much need to be there like immediately to register. Uh, and it's, I think, the best conference we put on uh, all year. So without further ado, uh, we'll run the interview between Yina and Andrew Coates. So I'm on the line with uh, Yina Arenas. Yina is the Principal Program Manager Lead for Microsoft Graphic. Yina, thanks for coming on the show. Hi, Andrew. How's it going? Uh, I'm, I'm going particularly well. I, I, uh, I, I missed uh, being at Ignite last week, but I felt like I was there because there was so much buzz going on. You were at Ignite last week, and we made a bunch of great announcements about Graph. Yes, indeed. I'm super excited about the... Uh, about Ignite and about all the different things that happened during the conference. I'm really excited about our announcements. Uh, Microsoft Graph is definitely growing and uh, reaching out to new horizons. Uh, some Absolutely. of the things that we announced last week, uh, and the thing that I'm most excited about is first uh, SharePoint sites and lists in the graph. This is something we've been waiting for for so long. Yes. Uh, every yes. time someone said, so sh- Graph, SharePoint, I mean, Graph is the one API to rule them all, but we're not yeah. counting SharePoint. And so now here it is. That's unreal. Exactly. So we had OneDrive. Uh, and for those who are longtime SharePoint developers know that OneDrive is built on top of SharePoint. Right. Um, and we've had OneDrive since the beginning, but SharePoint was uh, the missing child. And now it's, it's, it's there. It's in preview. Uh, so it, we are looking eagerly looking for lots of feedback uh, on the API shape and uh, usage and having people just try it out, kick up the tires uh, on the APIs. And so what can and, you get at it through the graph in so SharePoint at the moment? In SharePoint, you can get to sites, you can get to lists and list items. Okay. You can um, do navigation to all of those three. You can create, update, and delete list items. Um, there's no site or list provisioning yet, but okay. those are things that are coming. So awesome. basic intro features, uh, and then, like I said, we're looking forward, eagerly looking forward for feedback. So you can you can get the shape of a list. So you could potentially dynamically uh, find out what what a list item should look like, and then build that list item and, and up and and add a list item. You can yes, you can do uh, create, update, and delist list items. Uh, the, the provisioning part of the list and provisioning part of sites is the pieces that are not there. Uh, and we're looking but to add a, them shortly. Yeah. Awesome. Is there a discovery piece to find out what, what, what a list item you know, contains, what, what object types a list item has? So you can just query the list itself and it will just return right. back all of the things that are part of the list. Yeah. Awesome. Including custom fields. Yeah. Yeah. Magic. Okay. I love that. That's great because yeah. it means you can build something quite dynamic and quite, quite, um, quite uh, response, responsive as part of that process. Uh, based and, and if things change in the, in the SharePoint site, you can update your, your application sort of automatically in the back end. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, I love this it. This is definitely something that we were uh, waiting for for quite a bit, and we were super excited to announce it uh, when it was last week at Ignite. 
That's so cool. Um, you also announced something very, very close to my heart uh, in preview, which was uh, around the query syntax, because I do demos of the graph quite a bit, yes. and I'm always leaving out the dollar sign. Yes. So that's another one and we were just talking about before starting the show. Um, we just uh, introduced query syntax support for the, for the operations without the dollar parameter. So before, um, you had to do like dollar select, dollar filter, dollar top, dollar skip, and uh, to all of the operations that you were to perform on the, uh, on the data. Now you can skip the dollar uh, symbol and just to select equals and then your query, right? So apart from saving my embarrassment in demos, why have we done that? It's feedback. It's feedback from the developers. We are, we're hearing that, um, I mean, this is OData syntax, and right. people out in the, in the community are not so used to using OData syntax um, um, on, on their AP, REST API interaction. So we've heard the feedback, and we've made, made the update to, to make sure that um, we meet usability on our API, right? Okay, but so does the dollar syntax still work? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, you yeah. can do it either way. Yeah, you can yeah, do okay. it either way. Yes, yeah. Okay, that, that's cool. All right, lovely. Yeah. Uh, you yes. made some other announcements in preview yes, as well. Yes, we did. Uh, another one that I'm super excited about is hybrid. And this is for, we're starting with Exchange. This is for mailboxes that are sitting on-prem. On and the ability to call to, and get data from those mailboxes using the Microsoft Graph. So you so, can so, now... Yeah, okay. I, I just yeah. want to make sure I understand it. So I've got, I've got a mailbox sitting in a data center somewhere. On-prem. And I'm also on-prem, on yeah, sorry, on-prem on or, or in a, in a non-Microsoft data center. Yeah. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. but, a, but a, 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 an Exchange server that I own probably has to be an Exchange 2016 server? Yes, yes. Yeah. It has to be Exchange 2016, uh, the latest cumulative updates U3, and, yep. they, um, the, and all of them after that will have the capability of um, basically taking the Exchange endpoint, the Exchange 2016 namespace, and exposing the REST API endpoint on that. Um, from, the, from the IT administrator perspective, the, this uh, slash API endpoint must be accessible via public internet, and uh, Microsoft Graph connects to this endpoint via some configuration, and basically from the developer perspective, you don't have to worry whether your whether the data for the user is sitting on a mailbox on the cloud or is sitting on a mailbox on-premises. I love it. So I don't need to go and discover another endpoint. Now, exactly. No, you don't That's have fantastic. to discovery that... Because when I heard about this, I assumed that, that I would it would be the same the same uh, uh, API, but on an endpoint that I'd have to go and discover and then, and then uh, put yeah. into my you know, base URL and those sorts of things. So that, that's unreal. I love yeah. that. Yes. That's exactly. very cool. You, you just code against graph.microsoft.com and the graph takes care of figuring out where the user's data is sitting. Now, that's the discovery for you. A, this is, yes, exactly. That's the discovery for you underneath the covers. This is um, right now only for SharePoint, I'm sorry, for, for Exchange 2016 hybrid deployment, so it's not pure on-prem, you have to right. have a foot on the cloud, right? right. And there's some configurations that are needed. Um, but yes, is, is graph reaching to on-premises uh, on data? And, and we are thrilled about this. And again, this is something that we're, we're looking for feedback, we're looking for uh, early adopters that go and try this out. Um, obviously looking to grow the capabilities, we're starting with Exchange uh, on-premises server, looking to go to Azure Active, uh, Azure AD, 
I'm sorry, to AD services and to uh, SharePoint on-prem as well on those hybrid configurations. So um, it's super exciting, basically, being able to, so far, our value proposition has been you use Office 365 APIs or you use the Microsoft Graph and you can reach to all of the cloud um, user base, right? With Where we're going is... Well, you'll be able to reach users no matter where they are, cloud or uh, on-premises hybrid. That's one of the most exciting things I've heard because I think the um, w- one of the one of the real value props that that we've always touted at Microsoft is we understand that people live in a hybrid world, and the fact that Graph's reaching into the hybrid space that is uh, that's that's very clever. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Very, very we cool. have a few other things, uh, like for example, at mentions and social gestures. This is. A brand new feature that maybe you've seen on Outlook where you can add mention someone within within uh, your emails and conversations. You can create now and read those add mentions through the graph. And uh, OneDrive large file upload. So before we had a limitation where you could only upload through the Microsoft Graph files up to 4 megabytes. Yeah. Now we have the create uh, upload session working on the graph. You can establish a session to do chunk uploads uh, of large files. That's very cool. Now we announced that I think a little bit before. Yes, yes, those were uh, yeah. things that were coming out. We're not, we're kind of not waiting for uh, big moments, big conference moments to right. just as we have the feature functionality available, we just announced them through the blog post. Which, by the way, is a good tie-in into like follow the Office Dev uh, blog. <laughs> we usually put Definitely. all of our news there, and uh, yes, so so that's kind of the new things that are in preview. We've also have uh, several things going into GA. Right. GA, GA means general availability yep. in the B1.0 endpoint that um, you know are ready for you to for developers to take full production uh, um, dependencies on this. One of right. them is webhooks on for OneDrive. So before we have we had webhooks for mail, calendar, contacts, and now we have for uh, files uh, as well. Then uh, yeah. the ability to use uh, extended properties on Outlook entities, uh, the Find Meeting Times API, which is one that I loved uh, um, as well. Is actually I demoed that on the Build Keynote earlier in this year, which basically takes away all of the heavy lifting for scheduling a, me- at a, a, a meeting. You can just pass in yep. attendees, and uh, it takes care of looking at the free BC information and correlating all of that information and coming back with a set of meeting suggestions and the best yep. time that you can meet with all of the uh, of the different set of people. Yep, um, that's that's very very cool. Yeah. And, and um, you know, the, 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 because it, it's a, it's a non trivial task, right, to find out when everyone's exactly. available. Exactly. <laughs> And then the other one that we have, um, and this is actually we announced a month ago, is the Excel REST API, uh, which basically allows you to interact with an Excel workbook that is sitting in OneDrive in uh, on Office 365 Group or in SharePoint, and uh, just do full manipulation of Excel uh, objects like the workbook and worksheets, tables, ranges, charts, and so forth. And and one of the things I like it the most is use Excel Calc Engine and functions. So, for example, I can call payment calculator function within a, within Excel, and I don't have to write the code for it on my myself. I mean, maybe maybe payment calculator is a little simple, but if you're going to be do some statistical analysis on data and things like that, you can just run a function in Excel remotely and get the uh, the data back. I mean, that's pretty cool. 
It's so very cool. Um, I did um, did a session with uh, with uh, Simon Yeager, who's done a lot of work on this. Uh, the other uh, a couple of podcasts ago, probably episode one hundred and six, he's been doing a bunch of uh, blogging about this, as I think has Simon Michael from the UK, um, where they've uh, they've shown off uh, some some very very neat stuff using the uh, Excel. Uh, APIs and uh, and Simon contributed quite a nice sample to the uh, Microsoft Graph GitHub repo that uh, yeah. you can get it to, to look at the property manager sample there with cross platform pieces. So mm-hmm. he's done very well. So those are, are the announcements that we had for Microsoft Graph at Ignite. Uh, we're always looking for feedback from our developer community, people to try things out. Let us know how things are going. Uh, we closely monitor Stack Overflow forums for questions. Uh, for those that are tagged with Microsoft Graph, um, we also look at user voice for feature requests, and our documentations are our documentation is in GitHub. And if there's you know issues with docs and things like that, it, people can raise the the issues there. And of course, the, the 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 place to go for any Microsoft Graph stuff to start off is just graph.microsoft.io, right? Exactly. And another thing that we um, did for graph.microsoft.io was re- revamp the getting started experience. So we just, if you go to graph.microsoft.io, click on get started, you'll have a flow that in less than five minutes will get you up and running in more than nine different platforms to where you can just follow the the, the, the wizard there and basically get, you know, a download a code sample that you can F5 and run. Well, F5 in Visual Studio, but yeah, yeah. you can just F5 you can just run. and, and awesome. run it. You sound like you a proud... Do, <laughs> you can do... So you sound like a really proud parent. <laughs> uh, ASP.NET, Xamarin. I mean, we have everything there. So and I definitely encourage people to try that out. It's very, very cool. And if you want to delve deeper into more code samples, then um, github.com slash Microsoft Graph is a place, great place yes. to go for that, including all the uh, the SDKs and the SDK Builder, the Viper engine. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. It was all up there as well. I, I, I'm just so much kudos to you guys for developing this stuff in the open and, and having all that stuff out there. Well done. It's, it's very, very neat. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Definitely looking for serving the community, getting lots of feedback, and transforming the way that we are uh, enabling the platform for our customers. Yeah, I, I, and this is this is what I think one of the most fundamental pieces of, uh, of 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 tech that we're doing at Microsoft in terms of being able to build on top of the platform, take advantage of the platform that's already there. Uh, I, we did a um, a couple of years ago at TechEd in Australia, we had a, a developer mantra to only write the code that only you can write, and having the the Microsoft Graph uh, as code that some sorry that yeah that Microsoft Graph as code that somebody else has written and I don't have to maintain or test, I can just. Uh, uh, get into is an awesome example of only writing the code that only I can write and not having not writing the code that uh, someone like Microsoft could write for me. That's very, very cool. Speaking of that stuff, uh, at Microsoft, we're building stuff on the graph ourselves. Yeah, yeah. There are plenty of services that are uh, taking the Microsoft graph and doing getting the same benefits that that we talk about to our developers in terms of not having to query the individual endpoints. Uh, we have services like Skype and uh, driving like 10 million requests per day on the graph, uh, Planner, uh, Dynamic CRM, their web application calls graph, the Delft Profile, Power BI, a whole bunch of different services within Microsoft that uh, are using Microsoft Graph to get uh, access to that, the same information. I think that's really key because uh, it's all very well having an API that you just throw out into the wild, but making sure that your own engineers are, are using that, and I'm sure there's some of our harshest critics and, and most and most uh, vehement feedback givers uh, to, uh, to, to the graph team uh, is really, really helpful. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. We take this uh, very seriously in terms of not uh, just putting an API out there for uh, developers to use, but also third-party developers we do use, but we also use it internally extensively. Yeah. Indeed. Hey, when I was talking to Chuck's a couple of weeks ago about the SharePoint webhook stuff, um, we mentioned the, the Microsoft One API guidelines that uh, up as well, which I think is another very key resource that, um, that, that I, I guess you guys have been pretty heavily involved in. Yeah, yeah. But, this is a pro, uh, I think, uh, we published them over July, uh, uh, publicly, but this is the culmination of a couple of years of work that a whole bunch of people within the company have done. And this is actually as we were creating Microsoft Graph and as we were rationalizing all of the different schemas for our own, for, our, for what the graph will become, um, we were writing these guidelines and the graph is one of those examples of the APIs that are following them. So we're definitely really excited about them and having them as part of um, contribution to the API community. Yeah, very, very cool. So... What else is, is is going on? I mean, you were at Ignite. What was the feeling about uh, about uh, especially in the developer community, I guess, but more generally in the in that uh, in the broader Microsoft community about what uh, how things are going? You know, Ignite was a very interesting experience. I, I always love to participate at a conference like this one. Ignite has a, a a very interesting spin to it, which is a lot of IT developers come into Ignite. And just hearing their different perspective is, is awesome. Um, I had a, quite a few conversations with um, developers that had great feedback to tell about Microsoft Graph, feature requests, and things like that. Uh, I, I talked took to, to heart one of the comments that one of the developers told me, which is like, you uh, have... You know, I, I'm a SharePoint developer, and with the graph, you've made me a an Office 365 developer, a Microsoft-wide developer. So um, that's pretty nice to hear. We're definitely awesome. looking for. I mean, the the whole intention of this is that we're breaking the silos that we had before in terms of our individual workloads and having developers to learn specific. Um, you know, service technologies and only be able to be proficient on those, right? Like by lowering that barrier and making it accessible to any developer that can interact with um, service API and immediately access all of the breadth of uh, data that is behind the Microsoft Cloud services. And not only the data, but also the intelligence that uh, we are exposing through the Microsoft Graph. Things like the Find Meeting Times API, which takes away all that heavy lifting calculation that you will have to do otherwise. Or things like uh, the People API, which basically has all of this um, signal capturing from Office 365 activity and calculates based on a machine learning algorithms who are the people that are interesting to you and has all of these cool features like fuzzy matching and relevance ranking and just, you know, all of this uh, that we are using for our own experiences and exposed to developers to use them on their own uh, on their experiences as well. I, th I think it's so important, um, and and, uh, and and it ties in so nicely with the the theme of of Satya's keynote on on the afternoon of day one, where he was really talking lots about intelligence. Yes, definitely, definitely AI. Um it's one of the things that the the company as a whole is very keen on. And uh, Microsoft Graph is very well positioned in there. And he actually mentioned it a couple of times during the keynote uh, because it's the gateway to that intelligence, right? It's the gateway to the data and intelligence in Office 365 and the Microsoft Cloud. So you'll see more and more of that coming through the graph in the near future. 
Yeah, that's great because uh, you're right. There is so much data in Office 365 and all the other services the graph touches that would be remiss of us not to take advantage of it and, and expose some additional information based on that, uh, additional intelligence based on that data. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Very cool indeed. Hey, Yena, thanks so much for jumping on the phone and uh, and, and uh, filling us in on what happened at Ignite and some of the cool stuff that's coming out with Graph. I'd love to have you on you know, fairly regularly because the Graph just keeps keeps on giving. There's so many more things that are coming up and, and coming out all the time. Uh, it, it's, it's great to try and keep in touch with, with what's going on. Uh, is there anything you'd like to leave us with, um, you know, places people should go or, or, or things people should remember? Absolutely. There will- First, thank you for having me. It's always great to have the opportunity to participate on the show. And um, just a call to action, graph.microsoft.io. Go there, look at our latest features, try the getting started experience. We're about to release a brand new redesigned Graph Explorer. I'll be tweeting when that happens. So um, be sure to follow that through Office Dev, uh, the handle, through my personal handle as well. Uh that uh, so we're we're you know a lot of, like you're saying a lot of things are coming out so we love the feedback. Uh, thank you for all of the warm reception that the community has had, and it definitely feeds us to keep going. So yeah, I think I'll end it there. Awesome. Thanks again, Nina, and we look forward to talking to you next time. Sounds good. See ya. Well, that's all for this week. Make sure you check out dev.office.com for all our podcasts, the developer program, and other amazing content. Also, make sure you follow us at Office Dev on both Twitter and Facebook. Until next week, get your code on.